0: I don't think that the people that have made all the money in the art world can make the money here in the same way. I think that there's a whole new level of investor, collector, artist that is using this space to, to be different than the art world has treated artwork in the past.
1: You were just listening to Chris Graves, one of the pioneers of photography in the NFT space, a long time, excellent uh, photographer in his own right and photo book publisher. Uh, today, part two, we'll be uh, opening up uh, everything about Quantum where he is the curator uh, in all that Quantum has going on, how he got involved with that uh, excellent uh, enterprise. Uh, we'll also look at his new forthcoming book, uh, What Came True, or actually a series of books that will be released as an NFT. And then uh, Chris brought his crystal ball with him today. We'll be looking into the future of NFTs and photography. It's a great conversation. Thanks for being with us. Now, here's Chris Graves. Chris Graves, good morning.
0: Hi, how's it going?
1: Hey, it's going great, man. It is so great to get to finish this conversation with you here. Um, I don't know, it's part two. I, I think we need to limit it there. I, I, I could talk with you forever. It's so great.
0: It's yeah I mean the last time was pretty cool I think I came from you to you from a different slightly different location maybe and now now I'm back in my living room
1: Hey man, that's the that's the way to rock. <laughs> I think the pandemic has always has taught a lot of us that we we enjoy being together, but it's also cool to be able to work from home. And NFTs kind of kind of uh, your work there is can all be remote. And um, almost you've just yeah. Cre- oh, yeah, you you've created so much uh, in the the short one year that you've been active with it. And I wanted to pick up here. We we got into it somewhat about Marshall Shuttle's work with. Uh, yeah uh, with your, with your publishing company, uh, both your physical pub- publishing company, he's now working with you now on the NFT photo book side. And his first book was Morningstar. And, uh, I think at the last, uh, conversation you said that you had sold more, uh, books, uh, faster with your in a, the first ever, uh, photo book NFT, uh, the Morningstar book by Marshall Shuttle than you had any other book that you have published.
0: Yeah, I think that I mean individually, I mean not doing book fairs, book fairs you sell a lot of things just randomly, but to be able to sell 220 or so books within 3 or 4 days is pretty I think pretty amazing.
1: Well, having having done book fairs and photo book publishing for a decade now, I can tell you I've never seen anything like that and I don't think many people other people have. Um, and it does raise a question, though. I'm getting ready to go to uh, uh, Photo Lucida uh, on, oh, uh, on April the 21st. It's so much fun. I bet you're not going to be there, but I wish you were going to be there. Yeah,
0: uh, I, all of my friends will be there, but I will not.
1: Well, uh, Laura Moya, the director, has asked me to, to lead a panel discussion, uh, and I'm just sort of putting a put this out there for others. Uh, so hi, on, at high noon Pacific time, Uh, Darius Himes, um, Clea McKenna, who you worked with at Quantum, Mm -hmm. uh, Alejandro Cartagena, and I will be in a Zoom conversation, uh, but also people will be physically present uh, talking uh, in Portland, Oregon about uh, what's happening in NFTs. And to my knowledge, uh, it's the first uh, photo festival that's taken this on and a hat tip to them to want to be in conversation about that. And as I get ready to go out there, I'm packing a lot of books and I'm going to be schlepping them out there, uh, spending money to get the physical objects out there that we love. And then probably they won't all sell out. Maybe they will, but but then schlepping some back maybe. Um, but man, it, what an advantage that is for NFTs. None of that stuff has to be the expense and cost. And, and it just leads me to think about doing kind of a pros and cons because you you are a master publisher and you you know published over 90 books and the work of over 100 photographers so how what do you see as the advantages of of bringing a a new uh project alive in the in a book form uh, as an as an nft versus the the one i just pointed to the obvious with a with a book, you get the benefit of the objectness of it, but you also have to. It has to be shipped, and all the cost of shipping and all of that. It can get dented in the mail, and NFT can't be dented, as far as I know. Hmm. So, what are have you thought as a publisher about? Oh, I, I have these advantages on the doing a photo book in the NFT world, and 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 these advantages in the object world. How does that play out for you? What do you What do you think about that?
0: For me, it's just like uh, I think books are hard to, harder to sell. I mean, eh, not harder to sell. I mean, they're all kind of hard to sell, but with books, um, yes, shipping it is a pain or getting the books there is kind of a pain, but, um, I think that I am the publisher. I'm not supposed to have a good time like selling <laughs> books really. I think it's more about like if the customer wants to buy the books then I will, I will gladly bring them anywhere they want. Uh, so, so that's kind of how I feel about it. Wherever the book fair is, is where I'm going to be shipping books. So no matter if they're going to sell or not, I'll try to ship enough. But, you know, on on fairs like Photo Lucid, I would say that's a good fair. It's only, I mean, that fair is only like three or four hours on one night, I think, like Friday night at Blue Sky right. Gallery, which I'm right. on the board for Blue Sky Gallery, actually. Right. And, um, and I would say like, yeah, bring 10 of each book or the ones you know are more popular. And then when you run out, take people's addresses and ship them. That's what I do with that fair. I mean that's like, don't bring yeah. too much stuff. Bring three yeah. boxes if it's if yeah. it's if people really want it, they'll buy it, and then you can ship it to them. Yeah, <laughs> because most yeah. of the people don't want to actually bring a bunch of books home because they ship they've traveled there also. So All right. that's a tricky one. I mean that's yeah. a different than like the New York Book Fair or like yeah. ICP Book Fair, or whatever, where where people are coming there with a bag a tote bag. I mean most of the people there have brought portfolios of shit to like yeah. show other people. So yeah, they're usually um. Thinking that they're going to be bringing a bunch of books home, but <laughs> I did well at that fair, better right. than a lot of one-day fairs, better than right. most one-day fairs. Right,
1: it's the best fair. The, I love all the book fairs out there, but the photo and it was the first year that they had one. They had a line that went out of Blue Sky and down the street. So many people. I know That's
0: stupid. That's actually terrible. But I think that, like, yeah,
1: they've moved it this year. By the way, they've moved it to the museum so that they'll have they'll have they won't have yeah, that they, problem. They happening. definitely
0: needed to do that. I mean, yeah. that they should they should actually do the book fair at the same time. At the same day as they do the 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 art portfolio walk i yeah. mean that, i don't know why those are not at the same time i mean i hope they are this time they, they this they,
1: time they are they've combined them good, which yeah. is a I, great, I great
0: idea talk to them about that last time like hey yeah we might as well have these at the same time maybe yeah. not like oh, overlap them by one hour or something so that you can get right. the books right uh, so that artists that are there can also see the books but whatever i mean
1: Yeah. Anytime you do something new, you learn and that's what they were doing. And we've talked about that inside of NFTs. And so you, you've done the first, uh, you and Marshall have done the first uh, uh, photo book uh, project uh, presented uh, and expressed in the form of an NFT. And uh, what, what did you, what, what, what have you, what are you learning from that experience so far?
0: I'm, I'm, I'm happy that people are willing to, to like, to buy the book I mean so the NFTs are more expensive I guess than the the printed matter um way more expensive I mean like we're selling uh Marshall's piece was probably like generally like 450 US to buy it and to have 200 people buy that means that I probably made more money on that book or that the company made more money on that book than than I could ever make on a on a print on a if I sold out of a printed edition I wouldn't make 50 grand so like um it's just a different mentality for people buying. There's different collectors in the space. Some people want to flip. Some people just want to be part of this kind of revolution of what's happening. And as the revolution goes on, I think everything will get a little bit less expensive. Um, also, just because that's how it usually works. I mean, we're the first in here, so we we can ask for the prices that we ask for. And then, you know, with with Marshalls, I think we did an addition of 550 because we didn't know how many would sell. But we'll probably close that um, when when we launch my book later this month so we won't overlap the contracts for the books i mean the books are all under smart contracts as nfts so we only load one smart contract at a time meaning when marshall's is done mine will start and then the one after will start like there's no like overlap in sales between marshall's and mine it's possible that we could go back to marshall's after my sale has occurred but it's just we're we're all we're just playing it out and seeing how seeing how it works so we've gotten really positive response from Marshall's book. It works well. We're working out all the little tiny pieces that weren't perfect. And now I get to go in and have a streamlined project, which is good.
1: Right, right, right.
0: And in the, in the, eventually, I mean, I'm not using music, but we're going to have, you know, making PDFs that have gifs and videos and music that play when you when you open the books. Mm, cool. So there's a lot of different ways to make this um, special.
1: Right. I want to get into those possibilities that you're just beginning to explore uh, now with um, a photo book uh, experience inside of an, an uh, inside of an NFT. Um, but I wanted to I wanted to follow up uh, first and ask you. So uh, with Marshall's, um, you now you, you 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 created an addition, which because it's the first time anyone's done a photo book in NFTs, you you had to you know pick a number and you picked what five five sixty. 550. Mm-hmm. 550 and so you've sold uh you sold over 200 just right off the bat you probably had some pre-sales i'm guessing and how how many how many are still available
0: 330 and so we cut it i mean we'll probably cut yeah. the addition actually at some point to make it so that it was an edition of 250 mm-hmm. um hold like we do we'd hold 10 15 for the eventual museums that are going to want this five or ten years from now that yeah don't know yet yeah um, so yeah yeah
1: like like we do like we do with uh you know we sell out a photo book but but we but we still hold some back for others institutions and others of course mm-hmm. so um so that's an adjustment you made, you uh, uh, something you learned that just the size of it so what's what's the floor now is there are they being retraded what's the what's been the experience after the initial sale are you finding um uh, resales and
0: what's that oh, second, secondary question. market? I haven't even looked. I've never even looked. I mean, i like re, truly for me, uh, NFT is like about secondary market sales. I mm-hmm. think that, that is a important aspect of it, but I don't care. I never will care. And like, I'm, I'm in it to show people the artwork and mm-hmm. if people appreciate it and don't sell it again, that's fine. Cause they can't, you know, can't return it. So they got it. Yeah, And the secondary market sales are kind of this like added bonus for this whole ecosystem, because I think it's yeah. really great, but I don't yeah. stress secondary market sales as most people in NFT world yeah. would just because I don't consider it my job as an artist to make sure that secondary market sales occur. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and there's nothing wrong. People do do that. It's just, just, just there's different ways to, to oh, approach totally. that. Yeah, I, I think some people, yeah, go ahead. Sometimes
0: it's necessary. I mean, I think it's important for people to, understand how it works and to um yeah, just to understand it but yeah, you know for me i don't i don't care
1: well one of my I, I mean i
0: care in different aspects i care about like when i'm doing stuff with quantum or the like the company that i'm working with or that yeah. i i'm part of and um that is where it matters more but for my personal artwork then i, I can't care about the secondary market sales
1: yeah it happens or it doesn't happen and you're not structuring your pricing or anything in order to hook into that it's no. just it's just i mean mad. i don't
0: know i mean i try to make sure that the pricing is af- as affordable as nft gets i mean there's people selling images i would say pretty terrible terrible images that have a lot of community around them for 150 200 grand
1: yeah oh my um, God. not many
0: i mean like yeah more, yeah like not many people can do that yeah and um and maybe and it's terrible to me right i mean I love some work that sells for $150,000 and I don't like some others, but what is it? I'm just one person It doesn't really matter what I think. So, um, for me, I just want to make sure that I have an affordable price point, uh, for, for everybody. So for my book, it'll be as low as I think we can possibly go with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I pricing, uh, uh, one of my, uh, uh, I had the good fortune of uh, uh, hanging out with Martin Parr when he was in Atlanta doing a commission here. And we, he and I swapped uh, photo books and ideas around photo books. And I think mm-hmm. he's one of the great thinkers about uh, the importance of photo books and photography. And, uh, you know, he, oh, just a few years ago, I think his whole collection went to, if anybody knows about photo books, you'll know that Martin Parr's role in it, went to the Tate. And uh, what we've seen uh, since he and, and, uh, 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 Mr. Badger came out with their uh, their multiple volumes treatises, really, on uh, photo book history. But when that all came out, you know, it created a it, it supercharged. There was already a market for collectible photo books, some selling for thousands or more. Uh, I noticed that Christie's and Sotheby's a few years ago changed the head of their photography department. They head of photography and photo books are very collectible. And you were just pointing to something I think is really interesting about NFTs is most people collecting in the space in in a thoughtful way are looking at aspects of rarity that any collector collecting prints or photo books would also look at. And so I think that I, I, I guess it did. And I'm asking you, did that come into when you put your price point on Morningstar, were you thinking, well, this is the first, uh, you know, was that an aspect of your pricing that this is the first time this has happened with, with a photo book
0: or how, um, did, or how
1: did you set your price?
0: I think we set it for, you know, the space, meaning a lot of photography in the space, would could sell for one point, like 0.15. Mm-hmm. And with our tech behind it, we were pretty much, selling it for well it's a different mentality because not everything that we were selling is a one-of-one one, right so mm. we're, some books are just the book and there's no nothing well they're all one of ones but there's no like uh it's very complicated it was a very complicated setup there's 350 distinct nfpd uh, like books that were made for it so like there's a lot of like materials um you know i i, I think that we priced it for to sell I mean yeah. so we, we thought yeah. that one point like 0.15 was a good range um in, in the current ethereum marketplace like i think when we were selling it's it was right around three we thought it was going to be around a three thousand dollar ethereum so 0.15 made sense and then the week we started to sell it went up to like almost thirty five, thirty four, thirty five hundred. 34 3500 so the 0.15 for us was like slightly more expensive than i think we really needed but also still a cheap price for something on a, on the ethereum to so, to be able to get a one of one piece on ethereum for 1.15 uh, is like good for the market i think yeah um, and it, yeah yeah so you know we learn every time mine will be every single every single purchase will come with a one of one photograph from from the books um and we have a, a kind of a way to um you know it's a, it's a complicated project all these things are slightly complicated and like gamified a little bit, um, so that we can make sure that we're, um, reaching all of our clients. Right.
1: Right. Well, it's part of the, uh, uh, gamification. I've heard different words used for it, but I think gamification is probably the best. I mean, that kind of comes with the uh, DNA of people that are in the space. Uh, A lot of the collectors are, uh, uh, were gaming before they were collecting art. Right. So, so your, your new, your new photo book is called what came true. Uh, and, uh, Tell me about that. Tell me about the project.
0: Well, for me, I I make a lot of photographs and I usually don't have an outlet for them because books, I can't make a book of every like project that I've done because it would just, I lose all of my money. But, um, so what I wanted to do is make books that I'd never made before going back into 2000, pretty much 20 exact years ago, uh, working with photographs that, you know, I've always liked, always thought that were part of a set of things that, um, Never had an outlet in a book form before, and they exist on my website, but it's kind of, but they're not really um, sought after in any way. So what I thought was I'd put together seven books, and and every time you buy one of the NFTs, you get a randomized four of them, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, every time you buy one, you get four. So you can't have the whole set if you buy one NFT. You'd have to try to get two of them to get the full set, mm-hmm. right, um, mm-hmm. if you want it. And then like like 10 of those will, 10 of the sets will be like full. So you'd be able to buy, you know, that would create the rarity. Like the rarity would be created by if you can get all seven books in one PDF or one NFT um, compared to four in another. But the seven projects are pretty much one is a reprint of a book that I made named Permanence, which is my first monograph. Um, and then the six others are different projects. Like one is called ring road. And that takes you on the ring road around Iceland. I made an Iceland book before, but this is more specific to traveling on that road. Mm-hmm. Um, one is called uh, beacon bunker, which is I, uh, I I've, I've had a, I photographed every police precinct around New York city and took some stats for like, what what's happening at the police precinct. So that's kind of this really specific New York based architecture project that would never be, I would never make a book of, um uh what else we have uh, a book named twos which is 14 photographs like a very small selection of um photographs of couples but not like you know not like people that are married or anything together just like two people in a photograph interacting with each other within the scenery um that's 14 photographs we have a book named the lost cause I'm making my own books named uh, latency and privileged mediocrity right now into like physical form. And -hmm. this is kind of the excerpts from going around the South photographing uh, Confederate and uh, racist monuments and buildings and structures. So that the lost cause is pretty much like this about 45, 50 images from like the, the South Um, very colorful graffiti shit. And, uh, (laughs) and just like, um, and then what else is there I don't know how many I've mentioned A book named extended family which is when I i first got a view camera in like 2005 six and started to photograph all of my family and friends so I made this like list of you know I photographed probably hundreds and there's 66 four or five portraits as I'm learning how to light uh um in that series of so just 66 black and white portraits of friends from 15 years ago a lot of family members some have died some you know it's just a it's kind of an interesting I always wanted to make that into a book so it's nice to have that yeah here now and then the last book is called Bronx contours which is um I walked around the Bronx well I'm my half of my family's from the Bronx so we uh so we've been there a lot but then I walked around for about 20 like a mile art sorry like a marathon like 24 to 25 miles and over the course of one day to make a lot of these pictures which wow. is pretty much how the Bronx differs Bronx is um, a borough in New York city. It differs from the other boroughs because you know, Queens, Brooklyn and Manhattan were kind of leveled out to create the gridded street system that New York city is. So Mm -hmm. like the mountains or the glacial erratics were blown up and then flattened, but uh, the Bronx that didn't happen. It was like a low income neighborhoods and everything is Hills. So streets like 169th street is just a staircase, you know, like that happens a lot in the Bronx. And that's what I was kind of photographing the ways that the Bronx, uh, architecture and land, landscape or kind of uh, what is it called like i don't know like urban land urban planning in the bronx how it differs from the other boroughs so Got those it. are the seven projects um one designer will i mean i'm putting together the books as far as the pdfs are concerned and then like handing them off to my designer for a week so that he can make them actually look good and then um and his name is Caleb kane marcus he works a lot with damiani and he does all of my books now so yeah. So that's, that's the seven projects.
1: So, so, uh, man, that's such, such a rich experience. So let me, let me unpack it and make sure I've understood it. So, so the, the, the offering is called what came true. Mm-hmm. And if I go to, uh, and by the way, you'll be releasing this in April 26th. Is that the yeah. date of the drop? Yep. And so, inside of uh, the "What Came True" photo book project, there are these multiple books. Is that Seven right? Seven projects, yeah. Seven projects, and each project has its own uh, sequencing, its own edit, its own design. And when I go to OpenSea, let's say I'm a collector and I want to to collect this, I would see: uh, w- is it revealed before I buy, or is it no. the kind of thing? So describe. That process. So they're all, they're all behind a screen. It'll be offered at a certain, do you know what the price is at this point?
0: 0.1 ETH.
1: 0.1 ETH. So I could buy, I could buy an NFT for 0.1 ETH and I don't know which one I'm going to get until it's revealed later.
0: Correct? Correct. So in your OpenSea page, you'd see one, um, you'd see a smart contract with an image attached to it. And that image would be one of my one of ones, one of the 360 images from one of these, from the seven books, you'd get one of those, and then when you went to our website, you'd be able to access the book that you purchased, which would be four, well, one project, which would be permanence. So that's going to be in every book, and then out of the six other projects, you'd have three of them, and that would be set, sent to you at random as well. So pretty much what you're seeing is 18 different PDFs with 17 different combinations of four portfolios within each each book, and then you have one 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 book that is all seven projects now how many of each project exists or how many of each type of book exists is still something that we're working on like the rarity tool of like if you had these four books there's only like 16 combinations of you having these four books and 25 combinations of you having this these four books shit like that so that's kind of what we're working on now
1: yeah you know i think there are some people that get turned on by this uh, gaming aspect and others that that don't, um, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I collect prints or I used to, I don't have any more walls and at some Mm -hmm. point it felt irresponsible and I just needed to get ready for retirement, frankly, for retirement. So I stopped collecting, but, but I love collecting, uh, the work of artists that I love and particularly work and that that artist has done that I love and respond to. But I have to say when I, when I participated in the August Sander, uh, archive, um, Drop of ten thousand four hundred uh, contact prints. There was kind. Of, it was kind of fun to not know, you know, what I would get. It turned out that I didn't get, um, you know, the bricklayer or the the pastry chef or some of the ones that I some of the images, sander images that I really love. Yeah. But I but I, but I love the ones that that came across, and they were not images that I knew. But they were August Sanders, and I I love that about them. So, as an artist, how do you how or and, and or a collector, how do you feel about that aspect of uh, the 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 way NFTs roll, or is that something you're you're also excited about, or is it just why why do you do it that way?
0: Uh, well, because we, I mean I think that it's just a different way to do it, and we don't I think that there should be some rarity involved with uh, the projects that we put in here, especially because they're. Well, I don't know, because because that's what that's what the marketplace calls for, I think, really. Mm -hmm. And um, for us, it's like a long term. It's a it's more long term. It's like we are doing this for the foreseeable future to see, to show people how this works, to show even publishers how you could do something like this with your clientele. I mean, this is like a a big um, we're, we're testing the markets here. Yeah. So for us, it's like figure out how to test it in a different way every time, and then see if it worked. And if it didn't, that's okay. And if it if it does, then we're all, we can still continue to like make these books happen. Yeah. Um, but with the with the books, I would, for me, it was like if you give everybody the same book in the back end, the and the one of one becomes very important. But I would like it so that the book and the NFT both have different types of rarities happening. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's why we're doing it
1: okay and uh i apologize for 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 if i if i should have gotten this more quickly but it is complex and i'm trying to think about it without actually seeing it but so so i would go to OpenSea and i would see an image right and that image would rep and i would say okay this is the one i want so will that image i'll have an nft for that image that i acquire or will it might i might get a different image
0: you will get a randomized image from the 360 that are in the book so you'll get one of those got it will not be about which book you got yeah so, so that it.
1: image is not is not necessarily the one i'll get but it, it, it it's a it's a it's a representative that i will get an image and i will get a book but i don't know which image and i don't know which book but i'll get an image from the book that's attached randomized
0: Correct. yeah 100%. okay mm-hmm. and
1: so if i wanted to create an entire set and try to get all seven of the books
0: do you need to buy two nfts Okay,
1: and, it, but, I mean, and
0: I think that that will be part of the properties inside of um, uh-huh. you, you'll be able to yeah. see the properties and say like okay, well this book has the three I don't have, so okay. if I want them, okay, then
1: I can buy okay, this. so 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 the first one is uh, randomized, and then so you but you don't have to have it all random. You can get them all, and that's the way to do it. I understand that. So mm-hmm. so uh, and people. Uh, this is not the conversation where we're going to, there are some people that will know exactly faster than I did, uh, maybe even faster than you, what you're talking about by attributes. And But maybe we can just say something about that. So the attributes, one of the things about smart contracts and NFTs is you can on OpenSea uh, look behind the image and see what are its attributes and explain that yeah. a little bit for everybody.
0: NFTs are pretty much smart contracts attached to files. So... When you buy an nFT, you're actually buying a smart contract. The image is just something that is attached to it, uh, meaning it doesn't exist in the same place, right The smart contract exists on the Ethereum blockchain. Images exist either on the blockchain or in an Amazon like server somewhere or like something else. Like, so that's where all the JPEGs and images are coming from. They're usually not coming from the decentralized world of ethereum. Right, like that is not where all of those jpegs you see are going like if you're looking at foundation or openc they're they're not those jpegs that you're seeing are not actually on a blockchain for the most part uh and what is on the blockchain is the the smart contract that you own that attaches to the to that document to that document to that image um so in the properties of the smart contract you can say like my project permanence this is one of the images from permanence uh, like so you'd have that attached to the image and then you can say in the book itself you'll have permanence a project named twos bronx contours and beacon bunker that's the four you have in your book and you'll see it in writing on the side of the open sea page all right and if, you, if the if there's another book in there it could be like twos like the project twos it will always have permanence because that's one of the projects that comes with all of them but like then there'll be a project named twos and then a project named uh lost lost cause and then ring road so you you could have completely separate items within that pdf or the nft book um when you enter it on when you go to check it out on our website i don't know if that makes anything clear actually
1: yeah, no, it does. It it, it clears it up. And and the, and the attributes is what you would look to to say, oh, I don't want to buy the same thing again. I've already got those. I can complete my set of seven by buying this one over here. And I know it's going to be that because I can see the attributes that are associated with with NFT number two.
0: Right. Yeah. Unless it's more important for you to have the one of one of like if there's only 14 of a book and you want to own all 14, it does not matter like what's in the book. You just want to have the 14 individual smart contract like one of ones maybe right. the one of one is more important than the different books selections that you get maybe right. it's not but that has to be up to you right
1: right uh okay so now i've acquired it uh and uh because i'm a high roller big spender and i love your work i bought them all uh so what can i do with them I, a question that comes up uh you know it's a, a old-timey question from almost a year ago when people first started thinking about of uh, photographs expressed as NFTs. How is this different than me going to your website? And, and I'm p- playing devil's advocate here, Chris. I really, I get it, but I want you to explain to others. So uh, so then I would say, well, gosh, I could just go to Chris's website. Maybe I could see, maybe not all these images, maybe not expressed in the same way, but I could just see them on my screen. So yeah. how how is this going to be uh, uh, putting aside the economics of, of the investment of it? And we don't give investment advice, do your own research, but... Putting the investment aspects of it aside and just looking at the experience of having uh, seven of Chris's projects expressed in this uh, NFT photo book format, what's going to be my experience of it?
0: I think that you will be owning one of these products first off. So it will be more like, you know, owning a physical book, but it will be on your screen. I think that it'll be totally visible on an app that we're building as well as you know our website on your mobile phone so you can take your book with you when you go on vacation Um, when there's more books you can have a collection of 20 or 30 books that you take with you on your trips and stuff like that so you know eventually it's like maybe we have 48 page books that we'd never be able to print in in real like in in print form because we just don't have the clientele for it but we can now make 100 copies of that like an addition of 100 as nfts with different dynamics and be able to sell it. So for the artists, it works better because we can get secondary market sales and primary market sales that you don't usually get on a book because they cost so much. So for us, it's like, you know, on Marshall's book, he made a a huge portion of his money from the book. But when we made his physical book two years ago, he made $0, right? Like Mm -hmm. he didn't make any money off of his, like, it was pretty much, we did not make money on his book and and we just produced it because we found enough money to make it, but no one really Got any money from that? So we already made way more money on his project than we ever did with the physical book. So um, for so you know it has to be on you. I mean I think it's if you're interested in collectibles, then you're probably be interested in NFTs. If you're not, then you probably won't. Right? It's not. It's like ownership of the artwork as well as ownership of uh, new technology is what we're we're doing this for. And there is a secondary market value attached to these things for the most part. So you know that's another. Game to play, meaning like that could be a long term game for you or not, but that's like up to you to decide really. Um, what was your question? I've totally no, no, you,
1: you, 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 uh, we're, we're still, we're st- still some questions there, but uh, you, you, sh- you, you, you reveal some things that were really, uh, uh, super helpful, uh, from the photographer side. And I was coming at it a little bit, uh, to, a little bit to the side, uh, from well, from the collector side, from the experience. And I'll say this before uh, uh, I I, I hand you the mic back. But but when I acquired uh, the uh, August Sander NFT, having collected prints before, and this is the first time I collected a digital object, I wondered how I would feel about the experience of ownership of of an NFT versus ownership and all that comes with ownership. If you're collecting, if you're investing in art, and certainly there are people in the NFT world that that are just there to and nothing wrong with that is making a profit people buy and sell stock to make uh to hopefully to make money there's nothing wrong with with the people that are in nfts to to buy them and, and and for as investments and sell them i'm not encouraging that or discouraging it it's just people you know we have to acknowledge that people do that just like people buy art and uh hold on to it uh as investments um uh, physical art so but um but i found that the the notion of being a patron of the august sander archive that there would be resources that would through resales and other ways go back to the archive and having the responsibility of stewarding and um you know being being part of the the legacy of uh, the Augustander uh, archive i found as a collector all of that very valuable for me and if and i'm not saying i'm going to but if i were to acquire or i'm not saying i'm not going to a chris uh, Graves, uh, first ever uh, NFT from uh, photo book projects, I would have that, for me personally, I would have that same feeling of connection, of supporting your work, supporting who you are, having a digital object that I would consider, and for me personally, I would consider that not just an investment, something I could hand down to my children that I could share with friends. So, so there's all of those aspects of it that are there, including because of that, it's there to, to the benefit of the artist, which is what you were pointing to, that you can make, uh, you can have a return that's more substantial, but I really am the, my question to you now, Chris is so, so how would I experience that? Can I see it on my, because I do audible. We talked about this the last conversation. I view this in a way as kind of an audible experience. I, I have books that I own the book, but I, I have them on my Audible account, and I'm more likely to, to reread a book in Audible than I would be to go home, look through my library, and pick up the book. Yeah. It's just it's a, con, a matter of convenience. And I also have found that I really like the auditory experience of a book. Uh, so what would my experience, how how are the ways that I could experience the book, and what are you doing to make that experience richer than a physical object? What, what do I get that's as a collector and an acquirer of, um, your, your photo book that I wouldn't get if I bought just a physical book.
0: Four projects in one book or, um, the ability to look at it or, and the ability to look at it on your phone in an app that we're building. So like you'd have a specific specified app for your collectibles. If you were to continue to buy with us, um, besides those things, it's like, the the art itself in a, in its purest form right i mean most of the images that well not this book i mean it's like half and half digital on film but you're seeing things that probably are color more color correct than you could get in a offset book on your phone all right
1: um, you get a better picture you get a better you're getting a, <laughs> so
0: you're getting digital images that yeah. you can blow up to a, yeah. on your screen yeah. to 4k and just yeah. have it at your in your home yeah 65 85 inch screen yeah. and see it sharply yeah. i mean you're, yeah. there's a lot of you can take it with you to a friend's house and plug it into their right. screen right um eventually i believe that websites are you know who visits anybody's website anymore i don't know the last time i've been to i go to a lot of artists' websites but i don't go to like my friend's websites very often and i think that this is going to be a way where i own a bunch of nfts i've been i've i own more nfts than i've been to artist websites in the last few few months so yeah I can look through my collection of things that I own really quickly. Um, and I like that, uh, same deal with you using audible for audio books. It's like, for me, it's like, damn, if my, if my eventual book comes with a 20 minute audio track that I can look at while I only while I, while I read the book, then it creates a different, um, mentality about what a book is or what, I mean, we can't keep calling these things books. They're not books. They're totally digitized. They're not PDFs kind of. So it's like a,
1: It's a new thing, maybe Mm
0: -hmm. you
1: have to come up with a new word for it. Well, I get that, Chris, There's a couple other things inside of what you're saying that I want to point to. So, so with being able to have these uh, digital files uh, that are a complete expression. So inside of each one of these, you as the artist uh, working with your designer and your development team, you have just the same way we do with a photo book. You have said this and no more this in this sequence, this with these attributes attached, uh this is what i want to share and know more so as the creator of that you've created that experience that i'm going to get when i acquire it right in the same way that you would create the experience when i buy the pull the book off the shelf i get the binding that you wanted i get the sequence and edit that you wanted i get mm-hmm. the essay if there's an essay laid in or some other things so that's that's an that element of it right
0: Yep, yeah, totally yeah and,
1: the, and then there's other technology coming and I, i'm sure most of the people listening are aware i mean we're going to be having, they're not all here yet, but there's going to be different frames and other ways of experiencing uh, visual NFTs than there are right now.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, and these will, these will fit into that. I again. believe, I mean, believe it or not. And to the dismay of most of our photographer friends and the people that we've known, like, no, know, we will be living in augmented reality very soon. I mean, I imagine that, all ads will not be paper and they'll be digital. I mean, if they already aren't, they will be digitized. All um, your glasses, your regular Warby Parker glasses will come with an augmented reality lens in your right or left eye, you choose, and then you'll be able to be walking down the street and existing in augmented reality everywhere you go, which means that you could read your book on the subway in your eye without having to carry it. Um, that is, I don't think that that's, a, that's not a decade away from now. So life's going to change pretty dramatically and quickly. And those digital assets that you probably could have purchased five or six years ago, some of those are going to be skyrocketed in value, which is good. I mean, if you care about value of things, but as we've seen, crypto punks are now millions of dollars. And when you could buy them originally, they were like 30 or 40 bucks or something like that. So, um, you know, it's only one of many uh, NFT uh, projects, but you know, if you have like support of a community, then your, your project has no limits really. Um, yeah. So for us, it's like, yeah, build our community. We really do care about the community. We want to give them something that is important. We want to, we, you know, it's going to be an extension of our publishing company. So it's not like we're, we're not reaching out to random people to make random books, which is still very curated. I would say, uh, the experience is very specific to what we want in the books. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of different. I mean, hell, it's just like expanding our business model into online, yeah, in a real way.
1: Yeah, totally. You know, in a way that there was there's a market for it, and totally. a I mean, language and mean, a like, code. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. there's
0: a market for it, but like, it depends on how much tech costs and how much you can make from that. Eventually, I mean, if you build your market, then tech costs never really add up to costing as much as the original. But as long as we can as long as we don't go into debt making this project happen, then we're going to, we're going to do it.
1: Yeah. Do you see a time when you uh, might give up publishing books physically?
0: I don't think so. I mean, I can, because I don't really consider myself a publisher anyway. I just make book projects with people as collaborations. Um, I think that I can make two books a year and nobody, you know, that's fine. I can make 30. I mean, I've made 28 books in a year and, that's fine too, but I can also like this year I'll make three or four books and that will be that. And next year I can make one book, two books and, or zero books and still be considered like a publisher. So I usually make one or two books a year just to keep it at least consistent with something happening that's new in the photo book world. But, um, yeah, I'll continue to make books, small or large, something.
1: Well, I, 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 man, I, again, I said this actually before we went live, but it's so generous of you to uh, share, uh, you know, your, because a lot of people don't let people back in the kitchen, (laughs) you know, because it's not always, it's not always pretty back there when you're making Uh sausage and you're, it's been very generous of you, Chris, to share with everybody and me, uh, how it feels to, you know, what you're thinking about, maybe a little more pepper, a little more sauce, you know, you're, you're, how you're putting all this together in real time and on the fly. And that's, that's very kind of you. And, And it's very, it's fascinating. Uh, I, I do want to ask you before we move, and I want to talk, I want to say plenty of time to talk about quantum because I, I think the things that you and your and the team there uh, are up to is really, you know, just like what you're doing here is really, you know, we're at the future, we're watching the future unfold. But I did want to ask you this as I was listening to you describe uh, the experience of having an NFT collection and how you would enjoy that and how you don't really go to websites too much anymore unless. But, but you do uh, enjoy the NFT photography that you've collected. My son, who's one of the producers of this show, uh, has for years, he's got other buddies in Brooklyn um, and they get together once a month. They used to get together more before the pandemic. And they would have a record night, I think they called it. Um, And they would all bring digital music that they wanted to share. And they would put on their headphones and each of them would listen to the music. But you could do that with these NFTs, right? With your NFT collection. You could have a group of friends at the beach or at your house and say, show me what you've collected. Like kind of like a slideshow, you know, Uh, getting together. So many ways that from a community standpoint, these NFTs can be enjoyed.
0: Totally. I mean, yeah, totally. I mean, hell, like, there's a huge community of people working in NFT right now, and really finding it exciting because the art world has passed us by. They don't give a shit, and we shouldn't keep caring about the art world anymore. <laughs> I mean, the art world is different than art business, of course. Art world is kind right. of everyone that exists in art, so that's unfair um, right. to compare. But like, the art business has not cared about photographers for about two decades, right. really, not for one, at least a decade. With the invention of instagram taking like all of the profit from all photographers away and making it into like a like kind of thing so yeah for me it's like take that back companies yeah. can't have my property anymore i'd rather you go to see my nft site or buy one of these books than see my stuff on instagram where i make no capital um yeah i think that stuff was different in the past you used to be able to make a little bit of money for yourself on these platforms and if you're smart you still can but it's just it's just there's a lot of people there and I think that the nft market is hot right now because there's not that many photographers and the the skill level is not the same as I mean Instagram the skill level of my photographer friends on Instagram is very different than the skill level of the people I follow on Twitter I would say that much like the more popular people that I see on Twitter are not as good as the some of the worst people that I follow on Instagram so that's a huge divide. I don't, I don't know if that will ever change. I I have asked people to get on Twitter very hardcore likes because I think that there's money in having Twitter account where there's no money in having an Instagram account and why, why waste time? I mean, we're only here for so long and I refuse to waste more of my time like existing in one place instead of all places. So, you know, I'll post on Instagram, Twitter, NFT, my website. I send emails out. I, you know, use discord, um, you know, use slack. Like, so I'm all, I'm trying to be all over the place because I see like, you know, there's money everywhere in the world. Right. And you know, for the, for the most part, photographers have tried to, to get all their money from like their town or their community in the U S. And I just think that there's, there's the world is too big to continue that. There needs to be a way for you to make money outside of this country in a way. To, that, they, to continue to exist.
1: That's a powerful element of the NFT world is that globalization. You have a marketplace that is driven in part by crypto, but not entirely by crypto. And that's in the crypto space is very much an international global uh, marketplace.
0: hundred percent. I mean, I've, I, I have shipped uh, prints to my collect, like NFT collectors in like Brazil, Korea, um, India, canada a lot in canada all over europe so like i have i've seen it it's more than i've ever shipped my work to people b- before nft world started
1: and how do you chris how do you uh, and then i then we then i just have to discipline myself and get over it because i really am eager to talk about quantum but uh but there's so much uh and we can't do a part three we'll have to get uh, we'll have to have uh, we can't do it we've got worlds to to conquer but um uh, I just have to ask you, how do you, what are you, what are you liking in terms of offering a print? How do you handle it? Okay. So I, I, I acquire your, your, your photo books, um, and I get an NFT, a one, a one of one NFT, uh, digital NFT, and I want to print. There's a print I got to have. How do I handle that? Is that, do you include that in the, in the smart no, contract nothing and included, I reach out but,
0: to you? Yeah. Well, you know, and you could, you could include like giving a print to someone in the contract, but I don't do that. So if you want to print, you can just email me. Okay. Find me on Twitter and say that you want to print we can try to work that out separately.
1: Okay. Well, let's talk about Quantum. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been threatening to talk about it. We talked about it a little bit last time, so uh, tell me what your tell me what your role is there. What are you what are you loving about it and how is it evolved? how long have you been working there in this role and how how are things evolving because in an NFT world things evolve at the speed of light it seems like. So tell me about
0: that. Well, Quantum is a a company that we formed in, in last October with uh, a group of four people. A dude named Justin Aversano, who is popular in the NFT space for a collection of photography named Twin Flames. Um, we're also working with a dude. Well, we're also working with a developer, which I will not who I will not name because you know we keep our secrets. And <laughs> we have a, we have a business manager named uh, Jonas who works with us and a few DAOs, So that's our, that's our founders. We are the four founders of this company. And the first thing we decided to do was to release a photography projects per week from a traditional or NFT photographer's collection. So mm-hmm. for the most part, I would call what we put online, very serial collections, meaning people that have been working on the same project for many years that have produced like 50 to hundred or so works from a very specific time period and style point. Um, I would say that we work with some of the best photographers on the planet, especially photographers that work in series. And, um, so that's what we try to put online every week since November, we've been launching a photo projects. I think we're, so far we've launched 29 projects and sold out of all of them within the day, I think, or within the hour that they released for the most part, unless the dynamics were, um, like unless the dynamics proved otherwise like sometimes we had like a three-day launch but that's very rare so usually when we launch something we're selling out within 20 minutes that's how we've seen it and um yeah now we're we're launching uh, we have a community section which is like you get the community that of people that own quantum pieces can vote on the next community piece that goes in or the community collection so we've done that two times so far and we've also had community, uh, VIPs, like people from like organizations like DAOs or other, um, crypto natives, uh, saying like sponsoring an artist as a photographer to like launch onto quantum. So we, we do those three things in the photo section and now we're, we're launching digital art initiatives, which is a different like whole, you know, my friend Rudolph, um, is running our, he's a digital art curator and he has a, he has a team of people that are working on finding, uh, digital art projects around the internet. So he'll he'll start his launches next week on the 13th. Yeah, 13th. Wow. Wow. And um, then he's on the roll. He's just, he's doing that for until we were, my season starts at the end of photo seasons up right now. Like we're not, we don't have launches until April 28th. And then after that we run until J- July 28th, along with Rudolph's digital art initiative. So we're running both projects at once. So we're pretty much doubling our, our, um, our, our, our drop schedule and seeing like how, how, if that. Wow. <laughs> That's going to be exciting. Um, I love yeah. the
1: idea. I love this idea of, of seasons that gives you some downtime to, I guess a little bit to see if you're doing it seasonally, it also lets people anticipate and build up. So how did that idea come about? It's a great idea.
0: I think we could, I think that it's good for everybody to have a break. So for us, it was like, yeah, we need to have a break so that the collectors can look back, see if they missed something that they wanted or, wanted to trade something with other people to build their own you know because a lot of people are building their own museums on the internet with the work that they buy so like people just need some time and to launch something every week is just a lot we don't want to overburden our 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 solid collector base because you know we just don't want to do that and we i think we we don't know we know a lot of stats on how and who collects but we never want to we would never want to just keep pushing shit to them. And we also want to make sure that we're bringing quality to the website. So it is good to take a little break and step back and then see what, see what we're doing next season. Like next season is already pretty much booked up. So it's a little different than the first two seasons. Like I have been booking people for the last four or five months by the week, like signing contracts. And then the next week they're launching kind of thing. Right. So that's like a different mentality than to just take the step back, book out almost a full season ahead of time. And then like slowly, like just do it more slowly give media and marketing more time to work with each artist like it's a whole it's just a different mentality so we'll see what happens i think this season can be really uh, next season is going to be really important for us and then you know
1: what's the what's the what are the dates for the next season when it runs from when to when?
0: i start on april 28th and we we'll run every week until july 28th
1: okay and then you'll take so, a how April, long do you take off? in and... June, July,
0: yeah, three months, and then we'll take off August and come back in September. So we usually yeah. take about a month off. I yeah. mean, I think we're going to usually take a month off, unless the pro- unless everything changes yeah. in yeah. the NFT space and we have to figure out something yeah. new. Yeah. So besides that, we're also opening a store in Santa Monica in June, which we, um, which is a community led project, meaning we sold a thousand tokens so that you could part part run this store with us so you can take it over when you want to as an individual that owns a key or um you can come in and get like inexpensive nfts or even free nft mints as part of the as part of um you owning the nft so there's a lot that, of initiatives that we're running that right
1: sounds in. so cool so I, i'm immediately i think you're after santa monica you'll bring something like that to new york um so it's there's this, the,
0: we're trying to figure out if that makes yeah. sense
1: yeah. So the idea is, is that uh, we talked about this last time. That, that so much of the um, of the of the uh, 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 of the heart of the NFT experience is is grows out of the. I guess you could say almost the the pumping beating heart of NFT world is really community building, community in different ways. So this becomes inside of those who are excited about participating in NFT creation, NFT collecting. Uh, and by the way, collecting and curating are, I think, powerful cre- creative forms uh, in their own right, mm-hmm. uh, as much as cre- taking a photograph. Um, but um, so you're bringing then the cu- the, um, the quantum key. Uh, so let me I want to be clear on this because I'm in, very interested in it. So if I wanted to have access to the Santa Monica uh, uh, physical space. I would buy a quantum key and how would I, how would I do that? Would I get that in, in uh, along with a, uh, a photograph. Photographic NFT, or how, how would I, how would I
0: do that? The key is its own NFT. It's, it exists as its own smart contract. <clears throat> it does not have an image. It has an image attached, which is a, a, like a credit card of a, of our, you know, with our logo on it and it kind of spins an open sea. So you are getting an image, but you're not getting a one of one photograph. You're getting one of a thousand keys that we have been, you know, that we've sold to the clientele.
1: And, and so I own a key now, so I can access this. So it's sort of like a space where I can socialize. I could come and do work there. It's a, it's like maybe sort of like belonging to a a city club in a way.
0: Yeah. It's like Soho house, Noya house, Yeah, slightly like we work, I guess, but just more, um, more um, tight. And And then uh, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I mean, besides that, you'll be able, you know, we're going to have, like, probably an immersion room where you, where we're going to have, like, we're going to have residency program, an immersion room where you wow. can step inside Imagine. of five five projectors and experience, experience the artwork while you're mm. in it. Um, a lot of parties and a lot of different launches that are in-store only for, like, people that maybe have 25, 30 images that we're not, like, that will just sell in-store only to in-store people, like, stuff like that. So there's a lot of different things that we can do with this.
1: It's kind of like an art party house in a way, you know? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I remember when New York
0: city was actually interesting for art. I mean, when I was like, you know, 15 years ago, there was a lot of stuff happening here in New York and that has kind of faded away. And I'm happy that, that we can actually do something that you had,
1: you had your, I think your gallery was in Dumbo. Is that right? Where is that where you were? There was a really hot time in a hot area and people would gather and party and, and share art. And so this is a way of, of, of kind of recovering that community again. So, um, we hope well, so.
0: I mean, uh, that, that makes sense. I mean, yes, that would be really great. And this community is now worldwide. So it's not just like your New York friends coming to your space. It's like a little bit bigger than that.
1: Well, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the proof podcast. I'm sure you've listened to, yes, uh, indeed. to Kevin Rose's proof podcast, and we'll we include a link, uh, in the, uh, show notes to it. But I heard Jonas and, uh, Justin, um, talking uh, on a on an episode the other day about where all of that's going, and I just I, I people that keep up this won't be news to them. But I was fascinated by the fact that Quantum actually attracted venture capital. I think one of the funds that Kevin Rose is associated with is invested in in uh, yep. Quantum, and uh, that's a that's a really interesting uh, business model for for artists uh, that doesn't come along every day. I don't I, I'm not a, I don't have a lot of experience with, with venture capitalists thinking art is a great investment. So speak yeah, about that a little bit. Yeah, you know, nor
0: do I. So <laughs> no. I think that, the, yeah, the world is changing a little bit They're, you know, we're really happy to have Kevin Rose on our, on our side. I mean, that's really helpful for us. And uh, the proof collective in general has been really, really gracious with our community. So I think that, yeah, we, we're very, we're very connected with them and, that's a huge community and we're just trying to build community. So it's like the more the merrier for our projects. I mean, we're trying, we're trying to be good to people. We want to make sure that they find a worth in what they've purchased. Uh, like, you know, um, that's why people with keys, like, I mean, pretty much 350 of the keys went directly to proof collective people. Uh, so that's like huge. I mean, that's, that's, that's huge. Um, like they have helped us a third of our people are our proof and they have helped us secure our location and run our store for years to come. So it is really big. And that, that is the power of community. I mean, it's something that, you know, I would never have even thought was possible, especially venture capitalists coming in and it is crazy. I mean, it's just, I, I'm just riding the wave, man. I I don't know anything about that (laughs) world and it's nice to see it run because, I wouldn't be able to do this by myself. I don't know anything about it, and I would never be able to build capital in the way that our team has.
1: Well, you may not know that uh, those elements of the capitalist uh, uh, uncorking the capitalist magic uh, in the bottle, but but you and Justin both in your careers have been all about community, all about letting art uh, thrive and and blossom inside of communities. And so the cultural aspects of it, you've got it, uh, in spades. You maybe this is not, uh, a VC year. You, you don't do VC deals every day, but, but no. the, but, the, they're smart and fortunate to have you and Justin, uh, leading the charge on the aesthetic side. Um, I, I, I have, I want to get into, I guess our last sort of part of the conversation i want to get into your get you to get your crystal ball out and and uh, tell us where 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 we're going to be in three years and six years because i know you have perfect and total insight into that yeah yeah Uh, of course uh but before we leave quantum i did want to ask you to quickly uh outline so we've talked about the physical space and how that would unfold we've talked uh uh, but i i i've heard of irl minting Mm -hmm. and art mint pass and those kind of things. So quickly share, uh, with me and the listeners, uh, some of, and I know some of it's still evolving, but some of the things, some of the cooler aspects of of what's going to be offered inside of the new, the new quantum world.
0: I think the first thing we're going to do for the thousand people that start like that, um, own our key is we're going to release something that only they can have for free to them. Um, so that's the first thing, I mean, like some, uh, uh, like individual artworks that, you know, they can, that they will be able to have, right. That's one. And then we'll have less expensive, very much less expensive launches for like the art that we give to our key holders. Um, in store, you know, there'll be a lot of different use cases. I mean, we're, we're planning on, um, of course, the in-store, mo- like in-store minting, in real life minting is going to be helpful for our keys, key holders, as well as the public. I mean, just like the kind of public that comes into our space, um, we're going to, I mean, our space is going to be next to like a Chipotle or something like that in Santa Monica. So there's going to be a lot of new eyes in the space looking at this like, coming in. And I think that having the, the in real life experience of like being able to use a credit card on a tablet, or a screen on the wall to make a purchase or look through a collection of artwork to say like okay well i have 50 bucks and i want to own an nft and this is how i'm going to do that so that's kind of what we're trying oh to wow how for. cool how cool um, yeah so that's kind of what we really want to do we want to be able to say like you can come into our store with 80 bucks 60 bucks 40 bucks and come out with like an nft in your bag um and, the, and it exists in your wallet you can see it at home all easy and that that is kind of what we're trying to build for
1: Oh, so beautiful. So it's very democratic, very everyman, and really, uh, an ambassador uh, sort of like an ambassador. You, you become a in real life ambassador for NFTs in a way that's just, just so, so great. Um, yeah. well, I'm so glad I asked that question and, uh, uh, good, good for you guys. Well, let's do talk a little bit, uh, Chris, you, you are a big thinker. I don't, I don't mean to embarrass you with that, but you are. And, um, So you were talking about augmented reality and I'm right there with you. I think the metaverse, uh, you know, when you get a write up uh, above the fold in the wall street journal, that the metaverse is here and here's some brokers that'll sell you some, you know, I think, I I think people that are, You know, and I'm, I'm old enough that I've had to try to bury my head in the sand, uh, different times when technology, you know, brings its new thing. I think, man, not again. I don't want to have to, you know, we do, we do when we have to. And it's, and actually, if you just embrace it, it's, it's fun. So, uh, what do you think you is, have
0: to, I mean, if you want to continue to be like a person that makes money on the planet, then you have to learn technology. <laughs> it's
1: so, it's so well said, Chris. And, and I don't know what it is about we artists, but sometimes we artists uh, are, or, you know, as leery of new tech as, as, as any, as, as anybody else, but th- speak to me a little bit about how you see, uh, and let's just take it to keep it simple. Let's just say, because NF, I used to say three years, you know, I used to say, well, you got to, you can't think out beyond five years. And then I said, well, you can't think out beyond three years. And I really think with NFTs, you really probably can't think out if you're serious about it beyond six months. I think six months is about as far out as you can, you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, so looking, looking at, uh, where you think, and, and the other thing about this and see if you agree one of the things that makes it, when you talk about pricing or when you talk about a lot of things, one of the things that makes it maybe not not difficult, just makes it interesting, is uh, you don't know where the value of a, an Ethereum will be in three months, six months, a year. You know, it's 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 sort of like uh, breathing in and breathing out. How does that complicate what you do, or make it more exciting, or how do you deal with that in your in your decision making?
0: One ETH is one ETH. We do not think about the dollar value of anything that we're selling. So that's how we figure it.
1: Can you really
0: do that? I mean, I'm trying to we do that, but I, makers, always, I always, I always
1: think I can't, I always try, I always translate it back to dollars, but you yeah, really I know. as the
0: makers, that's how we do it. And that's how a lot of people in the space, the, the real, the true collectors and the true, the people that are really trying to be involved in this space, we think in Ethereum so um yes the outside world does exist and dollar cost is important but as far as what we're doing here on the blockchain we think in in eth um and maybe that changes a little bit with how much eth is maybe be will be worth i mean i imagine that it's very it's very um possible that ethereum is ten thousand dollars within a year year and a half of right now it's also very possible that it's still like three thousand dollars but I don't see that I, I think that it will probably go up exponentially just because that's been the curve for the last I think I don't remember when ethereum started but maybe seven or eight years ago now and it's only gone up pretty much since then Bitcoin's only really gone up since then you know over 100 percent a year it's it's except for this year so far but I think that cryptocurrency is a hedge against your inflated US dollar which is being worth less every moment I mean. If inflation is only 8%, which is probably a lie, then you lost – if you had a million dollars in the bank, you now have $92,000 in the bank. Or sorry, sorry, 9, $920,000 in the bank. And if you wait five more years, that million looks a lot like $500,000. So by the time I retire, a million dollars is $6 million, and I should have had $6 million in my bank to be able to retire mm. in 25, 30 years. So for me, it's like – I don't see that the, I can't imagine that the dollar becomes more popular over the next 30 years. And Ethereum is not a dollar equivalent. It's not a currency, nor is Bitcoin, but it is a hedge on that investment of putting your money in the bank. And I don't know why I'm even talking about this right now. I'm not a financial advisor and you don't have to listen to any of this, but I believe that Ethereum and Bitcoin and a lot of other cryptocurrencies and layer one protocols are going to be worth more than they are now, just based on people that are not even into it yet. I mean, we're talking, we have a pot, we're doing a podcast with, which is pretty much a traditional photography book podcast about NFT, which means that no one's going backwards. No one's who's on NFT is going to start making books and not making NFTs, but what's going to happen is more people are going to start making NFTs, right? So- um in a year from now there's going to be triple the amount of photographers only in america making nfts which means that there's going to be more money in the ecosystem more ways to sell things maybe it's the way you sell everything i mean i imagine it's going to be a world where every nft purchase comes with the print and that is that is it or like every time you make an if like fucking i don't know like like carry me, not carry me means, but if it's like Kara Walker makes a drawing and then sells that d- digital image as the NFT and then sells the print with it for $80,000. I can see that completely being like the, the, the unique,
1: the standard, model. the,
0: the kind of, yeah, certificate of authenticity for your artwork, which we're doing on paper with photographs now. And it will right. right. just be, it'll just right. be that with the NFT. You won't need to.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. The signature will be worthless and it will be great to have it online so that other people know that it's authentic.
1: Right. And that you own it. Um, yep. uh, and for your benefit, and my benefit, and the benefit of our audience is neither Chris Graves nor Bill Bowling nor any of our comp- associated companies are investment advisors. And we're just sitting here as a couple of individuals. Do your own research. We're not giving investment advice. And I think uh, just as a personal non-expert, what Chris says makes a lot of sense to me. But i um, so uh let's pick up with that though chris and and carry it another step forward so 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 in six months uh a year uh there's going to be a i won't call it a normalization but the code but alejandro cartagena speaks i think uh in in a smart way that we're still learning what is the code like there's a certain code for if you're buying a vintage if you're buying a, a photographic print And you're in that market you know that a vintage print is worth more a signed vintage print is worth more you know that a perfectly conditioned signed print that's from an important artist you know so there are layers of blue chipness right and we're still trying to learn the code and the blue chipness of nfts what would you say are some of the codes that are beginning to emerge for you uh in terms of buy this don't buy that um or this is a very well expressed in this space uh work of art and uh, this is just uh nothing wrong with it but it's just okay you took a picture and you turn it into an nft
0: none of that matter matters only thing that matters here is community if you build a community and can sell the work then it does not matter anything that we thought about with like the way we our traditional lives of art do not matter here they do so not translate
1: it, over they don't carry over
0: i don't think it does i mean i could put um if i had 50 William Eggleston pictures and I put them online and I didn't say like, Hey, this is William Eggleston. He's behind these. He's like, it would sell zero of them. And then that would be the end of that project. So like for, for, for he, this world is, does not exist to just tra- like trans like trans uh I don't think that the people that have made all the money in the art world can make the money here in the same way. I think that there's a whole new level of investor collector artist, that is using this space to to be different than the art world has treated artwork in the past, like, you know, ever, for all of the past. I mean, like, I think that most galleries show decorative artwork. Most photography galleries that think they don't show decorative artwork, definitely show decorative artwork. <laughs> work, that, work that nobody-
1: They're Over um, the sofa,
0: over the sofa. <laughs> yeah, just like, yeah, I mean, that's really beautiful. It's really kind of pretty, yeah. it's a, you know. Yeah. And it's really, they could be really great. I yeah. love decorative artwork, but I also yeah. love cultural significance yeah. way more than that. So yeah. if we can, I mean, and you know, that's just, that's just me. So that's how I curate. Yeah. But other people curate, you know, they'll go out into the, you know, go yeah. out to the forest, make beautiful pictures of like landscapes. And that's good too. I mean, like for, if you can sell it great. I mean, <laughs> but like, that's not something that I'm interested in. And I would, well, hope that, you know, the, there's just like, there's different levels to it. And, um, I don't know. I think this is a time for ingenuity, and if you're making work that you know existed 70 years ago because Ansel Adams made it better 75, 100 years ago, or whatever, then why are you doing it again? Why does somebody need to own it? What's the point?
1: Your work um, that you did, driving through the South, uh, taking—I think you—you said you sold over 100, uh, maybe it's over 150, 170 Mm -hmm. um, NFTs that were images driven from. You driving through the South, taking photographs of, and I assume that most of them were some type of a old Confederate memorial, yeah, something Confederate like monuments, that. schools yeah.
0: named after racists, yeah, um, buildings that were like you know, slave auction houses, stuff like that, and, Fun and you,
1: and yeah, and things that a gallery would not have sold to somebody to hang over their sofa, right? I mean, that's your point, right? I, I imagine.
0: Mean, I mean, I don't. I have. I have representation, but I don't have a gallery and I'm guessing there's a reason why.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and that's fine. Well, well like, to your... the work that I make is not for yeah you know, deco- decoration. Yeah, are you still I mean, working? It, with... I think it is beautiful, but yeah. it's definitely not. Yeah. Decor- decoration. It's
1: important. It's, it's cultural. You were pointing to that earlier. It's not. It's not the aesthetic of that p- particular image is not about the form and color necessarily. Although I'm sure you make make them really beautiful. I mean, you, you're beautifully made but this, the truth that's contained in the image its the connection that the image has for your life and for the project. And there are many other aesthetic values that are wrapped up in that image and not that, you know, it's, so there's, you have to understand something to really get that image, uh, and to find value in that image and, and, and expressed as an NFT, that kind of work can find an audience and find a life, you know, out in the world. And really? I think, I think that's, Uh, you know, what you're, what, what you're bringing forward. Are you still working with my friend, Sasha Wolf? Is she representing your work these days or I know she's your Mm -hmm. buddy. Yeah. I heard. Yeah. She has a great podcast. I think I said this last time your podcast with her, um, and you've got at least a couple of others out there that are, that are really great for people. I think those were done pre NFTs, or maybe you weren't ready to talk about NFTs yet. Yeah, and totally. That was done. a long
0: time ago I did that.
1: But uh, Sasha, to her credit, has always uh, championed artists like you who don't necessarily make uh, over the sofa photographs. Nothing wrong with over, over, I have a sofa and I don't actually don't have a picture over it, but um, nothing wrong with that. Um, Well, uh, so Web3, what does that mean when someone says to you, oh, this is all part of Web3? Do you have an idea about what Web3 is? Is it a real thing? Is it going to be a real thing? And how does NFT fit inside of that?
0: Well, um, it is. Web3 is where we are. Ethereum is a Web3 organization, kind of like something that we hope becomes more decentralized than it is now. Uh, So, yeah the blockchains exist on their kind of web three, the images and the, the content is coming from everywhere like servers. So not all of it is web three, but I imagine that at some point, everything, every piece that you see will be web three, like decentralized from like the, you know, the norms of the world. So yeah, we exist there. We're we're selling to web three people. And it's, um, it's our it's kind of our clientele. Um, yeah. What was your question though?
1: No, that was it. I just, uh, is web three a real thing? Is it a unicorn? Is it a real thing? Is it evolving? Where? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's another question. Where do you think web three is in terms I mean, of its evolution?
0: Unicorn. That's, I mean, it may be, a, I don't no, know,
1: but I mean, naysayers do. Yeah. Naysayers. Yeah, there no, are people well, I mean, that no, say, well, yeah, that's not I, a real think thing. That,
0: you know, everybody can think that everything's a bubble. I mean, like that's right. something that is totally fine. You can think right. that this is a bubble or you can think that like Tesla is a bubble, but is it? I mean yeah. Tesla sells more a lot of cars and they also go to space and they're building <laughs> solar panels for houses everywhere and once they get into bitcoin mining then think about like all the energy all the wasted solar energy that goes to your house and then pushes out to nowhere right and they start using all that energy to mine bitcoin man bitcoin's going to be fucking expensive and um so yeah no no this is all a web3 circle and the, this, the companies on top are going to be, you know, the companies that are already on top are going to be the, the ones that get on first because they can spend a few billion dollars and buy some Bitcoins. And now they own them forever. Um, and it didn't touch their bottom line. And it probably made them 100 percent in two years. So why not hold it instead of spending it on like, I don't know, even making products. But um, yeah, we live in a Web3 environment already. And I think that all the companies that you'd put your money on in the stock market, especially if they're, you um, tech companies are probably already involved in web3 development so if you're supporting them you're already supporting web3 and you're supporting it in a way that is very indirect and like the the nft the decentralized finance plays all that stuff is very direct and you can definitely do some work there I mean now you could instead of having your money sitting in a bank account losing money you could pretty much just put it on a stable coin and get 8 percent on your money with you doing nothing it being very safe, nothing's going to happen to it, except for you make 8% on that money instead of putting it into a savings account at chase where you make 0.01% on your money. So like right. for me, it's like, yeah, easy, easy bet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Not you a know. financial advisor. <laughs> We've covered that. Uh, and thanks for covering it again. Uh, sort of the parting shot here, uh, Chris, is just to get your take on, um, uh, you know uh, what are the what are the projects, artists, uh, organizations, things that you see happening or that you anticipate happening that are that we ought to be that you, that you're getting excited about um, that are uh, piquing your interest and in, uh, uh, get, getting you uh, excited.
0: I think the intersection of worlds is going to be dramatic this year i think that there's going to be nft plays or nft pieces for almost every art fair almost every book fair um, that we have been going to for years all of those people there will be nft stuff happening in all those places uh, first and um there's going to be way more physical locations that sell nfts i imagine that we're not the only space in california or if we come to new york that would be an NFT buying location. I mean, they already do exist. And I think that they're just going to be double and triple the amount very soon. So that's going to be a different thing. Instead of there being like a Victoria's Secret on the corner, it's going to be like <laughs> proof collective. You know, like that yeah. is like, you know, that's yeah. kind of what I, where, where I see the future going. And it'll be a place where people can community, like build community instead of spend money. You don't really have to spend money to be in these places. You can just exist there. Um, and if you want to be a part of it, then you can start to spend your money. But like, it's not about that here. It's about like just being a part of the community and that community is free. As long as you have a phone and the internet and the ability to have Twitter and discord, you can be part of a community for free. You can show them work for free. You can sell work for free. If you want to make your work free, you can do that. It doesn't cost you money to get on the blockchain. You can do it all for free.
1: Well, the, the Augustander archive uh, offered 10,400 August Sander NFTs. That was a lot. Each of them for free. I thought that was, that was a lot of like, pieces.
0: that's a lot of pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I understand uh, the reasoning. It's a lot of pieces, though.
1: Tell me this, uh, Chris. Is there is there an institution or a person or an organization or a podcast or something that you think our listeners or I ought to be tuning into that might have that we might not have seen or thought about? You Just mentioned once, last man. time, for example, you mentioned TikTok, and we we I went right out and our social media uh, producer is starting a TikTok account. We hadn't tried it before, and we're doing it now. Never Thanks to TikTok you, you a, tell me
0: about it. Yeah, TikTok is an algorithm based um, company, and they you know I wouldn't put it on my phone. I mean, like that shit is like totally China owned, and uh, you don't know where the information is coming from. But the, it is an AI app, so. Beware. I put it on an empty phone or something. But mm-hmm. um, as far as like, I mean, the KGP NFT runs a weekly podcast. Um, there's uh, podcasts, but you know, Obscura Dow runs podcasts. Fellowship Collective runs some podcasts. Quantum does a weekly um, Twitter Spaces. I mean, when I say podcast, I mean Twitter spaces. So all these people right. are running like Twitter spaces right. all the time. The fo- whole photo community is running Twitter spaces. There's even independent people that are running them. So, like, I would say just be a part of Twitter. If you're not on Twitter and you want to be in NFTs, then you need to be on Twitter immediately because it's never going to come to you on Instagram. There's a hatred of this platform on Instagram for whatever reason, just because it's not understandable to most. And I think that that's great because the the smaller the pool of photographers in this platform is the more money I make in this platform.
1: (laughs) I get it uh uh and i've had the same experience with instagram i uh don't think uh uh it it will change everything evolves um well chris uh before we go off air uh i i would like to just know if there's anything we haven't talked about that uh you would like to talk about that we just didn't get to
0: not that i could think of i mean i I'm just, thanks for giving me your, you know, thanks for the time. Thanks for the good, the great questions. I think it's important for people to try to understand what this is. I mean, this is, this is a collectible. This is for collectibles, right? I mean, your artwork was already a collectible, but you were trying to, you know, we were, we were trying to sell prints and the prints weren't selling. So now as you make your artwork available on the internet, on this Ethereum blockchain, I mean, for me, it's like websites will die. If you don't pay for it, it will go away. But now that I've put the work that I have on, on the blockchain, pretty sure it's going to live past me living. Now, maybe this the Ethereum blockchain doesn't go for that long, but I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to port this stuff over to whatever blockchain works. If you own something here, then you'll probably be able to push it forward or you can burn it. I mean, you can do whatever you want with it, actually. I mean, you can burn everything. I mean, if you buy NFTs, you could just like burn them. You could do that. That'd be funny i mean that would be crazy but people do do it i mean uh but yeah i don't know I, i think that we've talked a lot about this stuff and as long as people kind of come out with a little bit more understanding i don't think that they're you can't change anybody's mind really with this stuff i think it's more like this is a very open world this is a very open community if you want to sell a piece of art you can try to do that but it's not going to be instant you're not going to make a ton of money doing it um unless you build a community and then you can start to figure out if your community really wants your work or likes your work i mean it's going to be it's going to be a shock to a lot of people that in the fine art world that have been selling that can't figure out how to sell on this chain all right i think that's the biggest thing like we i've said no in quantum i've said no to some of the biggest photographers on earth just because it didn't fit what we're trying to do here and that's that sucks a little bit but also it's just like how it has to be
1: yeah I get that. Um, it's your are you're curating for uh, you're curating for uh, a different space and a different time, uh, and that leads me to my last question: is just uh, uh, any advice you'd give for collectors? Because I think there is a growing collector base inside of uh, NFT NFTs uh, expressed uh, photography expressed as NFTs. I, I think other art forms got off to the earlier start. What would you be advising collectors what would be your advice to collectors who are thinking, well, you know, I should add some photography uh, to my NFT collection.
0: If you're doing it for money, then you're doing it for the wrong reason. That's it. I mean, that's it. That's for all collectors. If you, if you plan on making a profit on somebody's artwork, then you're buying the artwork for the wrong reason.
1: Better to join a venture capital fund and invest in companies or stock
0: you can try you can try to play that game where you the artist will be worth more but that that comes down to you meaning like if you don't push that artist work out as the collector then what's the what's the use if you just hold something that you don't do anything with because you think it's going to be worth more and you don't actually build community around the artists that you've supported then what's the point
1: well said chris graves you are a gentleman and a scholar and you are so much fun to talk to and it's so Thanks good to see it yeah so good to see you again and i look forward to seeing you in real life uh sometime real soon
0: totally come up to new york and have fun out in portland i wish i was going to be there that that would be a lot of fun
1: well, you'll be there with us in spirit and i hope you'll tune in to the i think the plan is to have a zoom that'll be available to thousands so i hope you'll tune in and awesome. uh thanks for uh, thanks for all you've done for uh the medium and for uh for all of your friends and for the community uh for many many years now and thanks for taking the lead on something that's I think, uh, in the moment and is important for this time.
0: Yeah, I, we're, we're just, we're doing what we can.
1: Well, that's a wrap everybody. Uh, thanks for being with us so much, uh, to, uh, learn from, uh, Chris Graves. He's so generous with his, uh, insights into the space. Um, if you want more, uh, information, we have, Fall Line Press, uh, the publishing company, uh, sponsors this uh, podcast and the show notes you can link through from the podcast to there and um, learn a lot more. We can also uh, bring more information to you through our Twitter and Instagram accounts at Fall Line Press and Documentum TV. And For me personally, I write uh, essays about uh, photography and what's happening there in the uh, uh, NFT space these days. Uh, and my uh, Twitter handle, would love to see you there, would love to uh, hang out with you there on Twitter, is Patient Letters. So until we see you next time, take care.